Welcome to the Peace and Mind Podcast with your host, Alma Ajun. Hi, today I'm going to talk to you about meditation. What is meditation, first of all? Meditation is a way in which we can train our mind. It's a way of habituating to see the world, to perceive the world, and to act in the world in a different way. So in terms of um, the types of meditation, uh, there's different types. Some group of meditations are directed towards calming our mind and to focus in something in particular. Um, this type of meditation is called shamatha, and it has these two aspects of single-pointed attention and calm abiding. So it points to the fact that we try to cultivate a mind that is very concentrated, but at the same time is very calm, peaceful. There's other kind of meditations that are called analytical meditations. In this one, as the name uh, says it, uh, you analyze a topic. In this case, we analyze how we perceive reality and all the things we project onto reality and things, objects, situations, because we're always projecting our ideas, our judgments, our way of seeing the world. We project permanence, uh, solidity to everything, but the reality is that everything is impermanent. With these meditations, we start seeing things as they really are. We analyze different topics, and we start to gaining those conclusions and then resting with the concentration meditation in those conclusions so that it really becomes transformative and not just an intellectual reflection. So then we have another type of meditations that are practiced principally in Tibetan Buddhism and some schools in China and Japan and Tibet, Mongolia, India principally, mainly. But in this type of meditations, they're called tantric meditations and they use visualization, uh, mantra recitations and different aspects and abilities of the mind with which we can see reality in another way. So what we do with these meditations is that we start using the power of concentration but we use imagination to we use different aspects of our body and mind to cultivate this kind of transformations in our mind. So we use symbols. Um, so they are very, sim very symbolic, these meditations. And the thing is that you can, you can do them in a very proficient way or very destructive way. So you need a teacher in this kind of meditations. And also because there's a lot of like misunderstandings in the West, like People talk about tantric meditations in a way that is like very new agey and very with no basis in a, in a tradition that has really used this practice in a way that is really useful, right? So, for example, the mantra recitations is like you recite a mantra, which are some syllables, like generally Sanskrit syllables, and you recite them in a kind of monotonous tone and rhythmic tone of voice, and that starts calming your mind and really um, protecting your mind, which is the meaning of mantra, because you start 
entering into a different state of consciousness, relaxing. But it has other benefits, but I'm not going to discuss them now here. Then, as I was telling you, the shamatha meditation is single-pointed attention and calm abiding. So in these meditations, you cultivate relaxation, you are in the present, and you are not letting yourself being carried away by thoughts, emotions, uh, internal chit-chat, and letting yourself go into the past or the future, and you're learning to release anxiety. And also, you are giving your attention to one particular object and not getting distracted by others. You're not multitasking, right? So you can have a, an intuition of how far this practice can go and all the benefits that it has. Here I want to make a point that mindfulness meditation has been popularized very much in the West. And shamatha meditation includes mindfulness. But mindfulness means to remember the object of meditation, remember to bring the attention back. And the way in which it has been popularized, the mindfulness meditation in the West by John Kabat-Zinn, is that you just put your attention kind of uh, widely open in the present without judging anything, moment by moment, attending to everything, moment by moment, without judgment. But this is not 100% what the Buddha taught, and this is where he says that he took the meditation of mindfulness from. So it's kind of, now we have two kinds of mindfulness, because this one that is very popular is kind of light mindfulness, and then the, the one that the Buddha taught and many other teachers teach is a little bit deeper and imply the recollection and not judgment in the sense of like, doing bad judgments, but in the sense of being aware of your actions, being aware of what is virtuous, what is constructive, and what is destructive, and taking the decision to put your attention in that which is beneficial for yourself and for others. And in terms of mindfulness, as I told you, it can be done like in this light form as just mere presence and has a lot of benefits. In, even it has been introduced in hospitals and different environments and see that it has a lot of benefits in releasing stress, healing faster and being more calm, more present. Obviously it has benefits, but that's not all that meditation is because Meditation has to do also with understanding reality in a different way. Understanding why we are here, where we are going, what is our relationship of ourselves with the world and all phenomena. And so meditation starts with that, with being uh, calming your mind, but then later you go deeper and deeper. And that's why we need different kinds of meditation. There's another group of meditations that are oriented towards the heart and that help us develop loving kindness, compassion, and empathetic joy. So these kind of meditations are very good for having a method because we all, all of us, we want to be more patient, more kind, but we also don't know how to do it. We, we don't know how to stop getting angry or getting disturbed, anxious, etc. So what we need is a method. And these meditations are a method to cultivating patience, kindness, to work and release our attachment, our anger, our 
jealousy, all the mental afflictions that continuously arise because we are very habituated to react in those ways. So this is another group of meditations. You can listen some of my guided meditations so that you get an idea of practices in each of these groups of meditation. In terms of meditation, we want to talk a little bit also about Buddhism and yoga and different uh, contemplative traditions, Zen, Hindu, different contemplative traditions where it has been practiced, um, not in a religious aspect, because it's not the point to, to be religious here, but in the aspect of how they have practiced it for several years and see how they have integrated into their tradition. And I call it tradition because we in the West have very separated where is religion, religion, philosophy, spirituality, science. But in the contemplative traditions, is different. It's all integrated as a way of understanding reality. So we're going to be see a little bit about that. Where does these practices, where do they come from? Who have done them correctly? and what have been the results, and how can they benefit us beyond their cultural or dogmatic aspect, right? So we want to know also the root, and we want to talk a little bit about how Buddhists have practiced meditation and how other traditions have done it and how it's been done nowadays in the West. So there's different Buddhist traditions, and in all the Buddhist traditions we're going to find this practice of shamatha or calm abiding or concentration different called different in different ways so there's different Buddhist traditions there's the Zen the Theravada in South Asia countries like Thailand Myanmar Cambodia in the north in China Japan Mongolia Tibet but we are going to see that in many of these traditions the object of meditation that has been widely used is the breath. The breath is something that we always have with us. We can focus on anything, right? Like a flower, a rock, uh, a sound, but these are changing and we don't always have them with us. So because it's a very good object of meditation, we want something that is always there. And breathing has a special quality because it helps us also relax and cultivate that calm abiding. Why? Because the breath is very connected to our mental states. When we are angry, we get very agitated. We, our breathing is fast and, and kind of restless. And when we are very calm and relaxed, and we tend to breathe very deeply and undisturbed, undisturbed yeah, it even feels joyful. When we attend to breathing, we are cultivating those mental states that are beneficial and we are concentrating at the same time in an object that we always have with us and we can bring our mindfulness back to it again and again. This is one of the objects that I recommend very much. There's other meditation objects, there's many, right? But other of the ones that I find very useful is settling the mind. And this one, you are attending to the space of the mind and the mental events. And mental events are emotions, thoughts, ideas, memories, internal chit-chat, everything that arises in the mental field. And so we are attending to that mental field. Instead of like not paying attention 
and focusing on an object, in this case, like the breath, we are now, in settling the mind, making that which distracts us into our object of meditation. So we focus there in the space of the mind. And this is very smart if you think it, that contemplatives for many years have developed this practice and it's very interesting how you can focus on the mind without being distracted. It's like watching a movie and not getting caught up in the drama and getting uh, tears and crying for the story, what's happening there, or uh, feeling hatred towards the villain in the movie, but kind of... Stepping back, you're still seeing the movie, but just like appearances being projected on a big screen. And that's how we do this practice, and we can achieve concentration and calm abiding in this practice as well. And there's other one more subtle that is called awareness of awareness. And this one is very easy to do, but it's very difficult to find the object at the beginning because there's not really ob- there's not an object in itself. Like it's called also shamatha without a sign or shamatha without an object because of that reason. Because the object is just being aware of being aware, and in this case, you're not focusing on something in the body that is physical or external as a visual appearance or a sound, you're not focusing on the mind in mental events like thoughts and emotions, but you're focusing only in that which is the observer, the awareness. So you're just aware of being aware. And this is a fantastic practice to also develop concentration and especially to increase the vividness. Because in the shamatha practice, we want to cultivate first relaxation, then stability, and then vividness in that order. Obviously, we want the three to be simultaneous and very um, intense in the sense of like cultivating them to uh, their higher capabilities, but we have to start with relaxation. And once we really have cultivated relaxation, we can cultivate stability, which uh, allows us to sustain the attention of the object for a long time. And a long time means uh, someone that is very proficient in shamatha can sustain it for hours, maybe three, four hours, without distraction and without effort. So there's a long ways to go there, but it has so many benefits, this practice, since you start. And the main benefit is that you don't need to think, oh, I know how to meditate, or I don't know, I'm very bad at meditation. We all start being bad at meditation, and meditation is what helps us overcome that problem of getting distracted every three seconds in all our thoughts and conflicts and obsessions. And meditation is what helps us find peace. So the more you do it, the better you feel. And no matter how difficult it is to bring back your attention back to the breath or to the mind or to the object of meditation, you keep doing it because it will have so much benefits for you. And at the beginning it can be difficult, but after a while you get used to it. It's a training and it's like going to the gym or learning any new thing. After a while you start doing it better and better and it feels better and better. So... This is with regards to the shamatha practice and the three objects that I recommend most, but you can read a lot and find other objects. For example, the Tibetans use the visualization of a Buddha, sharpen their visualization more and more, 
about their focus. So different objects and whichever you feel very inspired to do, learn the practice well, which is not difficult. I'm going to post a lot of instructions of how to do it and guide meditation. So it's easy to do. And then you just find your object and keep doing it. We will talk about the nine stages of shamatha in, in another recording. But there are steps to reach deeper and deeper levels, higher and higher concentration. And we will describe all the benefits of this. So this is in terms of these three practices. But there's also, as I was telling you, the tantric practices. They also develop concentration, but they focus on a syllable. For example, in the center of your heart, or you you imagine certain colors, or you focus on the recitation of a mantra. But as Westerners, we find it more difficult to do it in that way. And also, it's kind of a little bit more esoteric, right? So it's not for everybody. It's just if you feel attracted to that kind of practices, you can do it as well. But there are practice and objects for everybody. So the most important thing with the practice of shamatha is that it's a secular practice. We don't need to... And be religious or adopt any any sect, but we can use it very well. And even nowadays, they're teaching this practice in, in, to Google employees and in different organizations because they have seen how beneficial it is. Now, if you just do it for becoming more uh, uh, concentrated and productive, that's good. But it has better and better benefits that you you can get from it if you go deeper and deeper and understand how it can help us to understand reality and help us develop wisdom. And this is another uh, group of meditations that I was talking to you, which is uh, the development of wisdom, understanding how we exist, how others exist, how reality exists, and how, how we project our uh, fears and judgments to all reality. And so we want to practice all these meditations and at some point start combining them in the sense of joining the benefits and the training in one with the other to start seeing reality in a different way, transforming ourselves deeply and be genuinely of benefit to others and really reduce and ultimately eliminate all our mental afflictions, which are the cause of unhappiness because what we really want is find genuine happiness and we know that that happiness is related with others. It's very important what we do to others. We're, we live in interdependence with everything around us, with all beings around us. In that sense, we want to cultivate a mind that is wise, that is focused, that is calm, that can react adequately, and a heart that is generous, compassionate, patient. And there are methods, and these methods are called meditation. Meditation is familiarizing is training, is mind training. So we will learn more of these meditations and how to relate with others, how to be attentive to our actions of uh, voice, speech, and mind, and check the meditations on my website, peaceandmind.org. I'm going to be posting different meditations also in my YouTube channel so that you can do them. If you have questions, leave them to me in the comments uh, or send me a message. As much as I can, I'll try to help you understand more about meditation and 
read my blog so that you get motivated to practice every day because that's what is important with meditation. To practice every day, even if it's just five minutes a day, it will have a benefit. But not just practice one day and then forget about it. We want to do mind training as we do body training in the gym. So I hope this is useful for you and I will keep sharing with you topics related with meditation, mental transformation, the cultivation of our minds, our hearts, the cultivation of emotional balance. Thank you very much. See you soon. Please consider supporting this podcast at patreon.com forward slash Alma Ayon. Thanks for listening to Peace and Mind with Alma Ayon.